Welcome to the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session, where we talk about all things guitar related. My name is Dr. T, and I am not a licensed therapist, but I play one on a podcast. Today on the Tweed Couch, we are counseling on the mind of a 13-year-old cork sniffer. I remember when I was 13. I remember thinking the tone came from that sweet guitar. Slash on his Les Paul, Stevie on his Strat, Edge on his Explorer, Richards on his Telly, BB on his 345. Of course, eventually I would play these guitars and wonder why I couldn't sound like them. So I started tone chasing. I bought a better amp, then pedals, then upgraded pickups, upgraded pedals, upgraded amps, then tubes, then got more guitars, and the cycle continued. Ultimately, I found myself in the same place that many other budding guitarists found themselves. If you want to get better, you need to practice. As I got better, I started to play with others. I joined bands, I met other musicians, and my own sound and style blossomed. But what is the right process for learning guitar? Does cork sniffing start at an early age? Do adults get just as distracted as teens? What is the most difficult part about learning? Is there a stigma to what guitars are used for certain genres? And how does Dr. T's 13-year-old son do on his first podcast? Well, we will discuss this and more on this group therapy session with Owen on the Tweed Couch. Well, Owen, it is going to be a fun time being able to talk to my 13-year-old about his mind and what's going on with learning how to play guitar. So thank you so much for joining me on the Tweed Couch. Yeah, so this is going to be pretty interesting conversation between what I would consider a guitar pro and a 13-year-old that picks up the guitar and plays with their church band. <laughs> uh, so this is going to be fun. Yeah, I'm really excited. So let's go ahead and start with this. What age did you start playing guitar? I started playing guitar probably like three or four weeks after my fifth birthday because I got my first guitar when I was five. So tell me what made you decide to start playing guitar? I loved watching you play guitar and I wanted to like play what you did and do what you did so that just inspired me to go and try out new chords even though it was iffy yeah (laughs) you know I remember us being in a room and you looking at guitars and wanting to play a certain guitar or me wanting to play a guitar and you going "Ooh, can I touch it can I do that and what was my answer maybe Yeah, it depended depended. on the guitar. It depended on the guitar. Yeah, it did. But at the same time, did you always get to play the guitar? Eventually, yes. Yeah, you always got to play the guitar. I found it really important to make sure that I had guitars around. Now, before the age of five, there were certain guitars you could play with. Yeah. After the age of five, when you started learning some chords, then that's when I started handing you a guitar and then I got really close to you. To make yes. sure you didn't drop it. <laughs> Do you remember the story of the Telecaster? Ah, oh, vaguely. Okay, it was a 1991 American Telecaster. 
and you were kind of strumming it on the couch and then all of a sudden you were done. And do you remember what you did with that guitar when you decided you were done playing? No, but I imagine I destroyed it. No, you did not. No, actually, you were like, yeah, I'm done. And you started to throw it off of your body like a toy. And I was like, no. (laughs) And I grabbed it in time. (laughs) So, yes, it is important to be very careful with it. That's for sure. (laughs) So what do you like about playing guitar? I like the feeling of having my fingers move across the fretboard like it just makes me feel alive it gives me some kind of like way to put my feelings into a sound and it just it feels natural and it feels good yeah well that's great so do you get time to actually play in front of people or do you only play on your own Usually, I actually play in front of people. I play with my Sunday morning youth group praise band. It really is just having a good time. So, what is the most difficult part about learning the guitar? Definitely the most difficult part is actually figuring out your place on the fretboard. Like, this is where your chords go. This is like how far away you put your hand from your body. And if you have big enough arms, then it gets a lot easier. Yeah. But when I first started playing, my arms and fingers were so small, I could only do like three different chords because (laughs) it was so small. Yeah. Well, you started with that three quarter guitar and it barely stayed in tune it was not awesome it was five minutes of tuning for 30 minutes of playing (laughs) yeah it felt like 30 minutes of tuning for five minutes of playing (laughs) (laughs) but it was rough and it wasn't until we got you the full-size guitar and you could actually fit on it that you started to thrive which was pretty good and i think that shows a lot to you have to have a quality instrument in order to learn on you can't just learn on junk Yeah, it goes back to the point you were making in one of your previous podcasts where you have to get the guitar that inspires you to play. Absolutely. I can't believe you actually listened to this. My boy's listening. All right, sorry. Sorry, that's my moment. So as you're trying to learn how to play, what do you find as the most difficult distraction that keeps you from playing and learning guitar? The most difficult distraction is probably either my brother or just me getting frustrated because I can't do something that I know I should be able to do. And then I go and like go outside and play basketball instead because I'm just so frustrated with it. Yeah. I need to get rid of some of that anger. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, my brother and being frustrated with trying to play something that I'm not able to do yet are both still a struggle for me. (laughs) (laughs) It does not end. It doesn't end there. (laughs) Nope. Now, with all that said, how old is your younger brother then? Nine. He is nine years old. Now, how does he distract you? Any way possible. (laughs) Give me an example of any way possible. Well, he'll come in and just say, do you want to go play Legos or do you want to come play Fortnite with me or anything just out of the ordinary? 
he is kind of random. He is yeah. so creative, so very creative, and that's we, part we of still it. don't know what goes on in his mind. No, no. Maybe we'll have to do one of these where it becomes the nine-year-old thought process or whatever. He's gonna forget what he's saying halfway through it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> So what do you think distracts Dr. T, your dad, from playing guitar? Probably your job. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Man, if it wasn't for my job, I would just play guitar all day long, make a podcast, do some videos, do some editing, play some more. But I probably also would be looking at more gear as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, as you look around this room, and you see all these guitars, I want you to pick one guitar that I own that you consider your favorite. Ooh, that's a tough one. I think that I would probably have to go with the PRS Custom 22 with a piezo, just because it has the artist finish which the the color tiger orange is what do you call it? Yeah. Yeah, it's so it's it's just pretty. And then it has the bird inlays. It has so many features with it. It's just like it's overwhelming almost. Yeah, a lot of cool features. Now, do you like the piezo side to it? Yeah, the piezo side is actually probably one of my favorite parts because acoustic guitars are one of those things that I really love but they also really bug me because I can never find the right sound and you can't really change the sound of an acoustic guitar (laughs) that's true well and because you're still learning is it easier to play on an electric or an acoustic oh for sure an electric yeah absolutely yeah so that may be part of it too that being able to play on that easier guitar as well so do you prefer a tremolo or a hardtail it's a hardtail. That, that's when it doesn't have a tremolo. Oh, all right. I got it. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> a hardtail is when you don't have a tremolo. Okay. All right. I'm good now. So I would probably prefer the tremolo because it just puts in more variety and it just... I like the wow, wow, wow sound. <laughs> yeah, the, the wobble. Yep, the wobble. I will just say that because you kind of did the wow, wow, and you did your own little singing, all the people who listen to this that wait for me to sing, you beat me to it. So you get it honest. You get it honest. That's all I'm saying. Yep. All right, so l- let's go to another one. Uh, you know what? Let's do a little bit of a like back and forth, a little ping pong, if you will. And I'm going to give you a genre. Which, you know what a genre is, right? Oh my gosh, yes, I'm in GT English, Dad. I know what a genre is. Gosh, God, I'm throwing shade at your dad. Um, okay, so I'm going to give you a genre, and I want you to tell me what kind of guitar you think it is. Okay, just could be a Strat, could be a Les Paul, could be an SG, could be a PRS, yeah. could be a Gretsch, whatever you're thinking, a, a, an acoustic, whatever. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to throw a genre at you. And you are going to throw back at me the guitar you think that should be played in that genre. All right. All right, ready? 
Rock and roll. Les Paul. Country. When you say country, do you mean like with an electric guitar or an acoustic guitar? <laughs> There's so many questions to that. Um, I guess both country and western. No, sorry, that's for the listeners. Let's go with 90s country. Yeah. What do you think? I would think probably somewhere along the lines of a PRS hollow body. Okay, and what about something more like modern country like we get now? Probably somewhere in the Taylor to Martin range for acoustics. Interesting. So you went with more of an electric sound in the 90s and more of an acoustic sound now. Yes. All right. What about blues? Ooh, blues, I would probably say something like a, like a Telecaster, maybe. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. A little Muddy Waters. This is good. All right. What about pop? Ooh, pop. I would probably, well, you know, I would definitely say a solid body PRS. It's interesting you say that. I think that's a trick question. There is no guitar in pop. That is true. <laughs> it's all electronic. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. That's funny. All right. Ooh, how about this one? Praise and worship. Okay. Praise and worship has so many different genres in one genre that I would say something like an SG Supro with all of the functions and different sounds and different everything, but still gives that aesthetic look, would be pretty good. So yeah, definitely SG Supra. So you like the multi-pickup, but you also get that like fancy look to it. Yeah. You can also get some acoustic sound out of it. Mm-hmm. All right, interesting. Do you know what metal is? Yes. Okay, and, and I'm not talking about, like, density and a periodic table. I'm talking about Jeez. the metal guitar, you know. Yep. Okay, so metal guitar, what would you choose? What's that axe guitar that Kiss uses? Because whatever that is, definitely that. <laughs> the, the one that looks like an actual axe? Is yes, that, that one. <laughs> I don't know what he plays. Maybe it's a BC Rich or something. I don't know. I have no idea. So you're saying the pointier the better? <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. So something like a like an explorer, except with lightning on it. That would be <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> you don't know this, but they actually make a guitar like that. Yes, I've seen it. I've seen it at the uh, guitar centers. <laughs> yeah, it's Dimebag Daryl's guitar by yeah. Dean. Oh, Dean. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that was interesting. I will say that your definition for genre is actually different than what mine would have been. So rock and roll, right away, Les Paul. Okay, yeah. we both agree with that. Totally. Les Paul. Of course, you could do it with an SG. You could do it with a Strat. You yeah. can do it with a Tele. You can do it with really almost anything. I mean, ZZ Top did it with a V and an Explorer. But I think of Les Paul. Always think of Les Paul. Yeah. With country, you said 90s country was more of the electric guitar, the hollow body PRS. 
it gives that like stringy feeling like okay in the more modern uh country i don't know whether this is the lap steel or if this is the guitar but i hear a lot of like plucking and string plucking okay. like that yeah so i feel like the hollow body would do that yeah for country for me when i think of 90s country i think of a telly telecaster snapping and popping and doing all that kind of stuff when i think of nowadays country i actually go to prs i think of something bright and very focused and actually bigger and thicker and raunchier but at the same time i also realize that a telly can do all that stuff too um yeah there's that that's true actually one of our friends lynn stone king her main guitar is a telly right it is whenever she plays electric, but yeah. whenever she plays acoustic, it's her Larve. Yeah. Yeah. And I play the Telecaster. Yep. Frank and Telly. That's right. The Frank and Telly. All right. When I go to blues, I always think of a Stratocaster. Now, that's largely because of Stevie Ray Vaughan and Eric Clapton and Buddy Guy and... Robert. Yeah, if you went to like beach music, that's what I would have gone to, like jazz master and Stratocaster. Okay. Oh yeah, I should have done a beach genre. <laughs> yes. Yeah. When I think of pop, I always think of single coils. I guess it's the snappy part, is that where pop meets funk meets rock. Yeah. And because of that, I actually go to the between positions of like a Stratocaster or something like that. Mm-hmm. Praise and worship. I don't know if I'm just old school or what the deal is, but I always think of the White Falcon. I totally saw that coming. I know. And I think of Duesenbergs, and I think of all the guitars that are more along the lines of something that's not the traditional humbucker P90 single coil. Actually, now that I think about it, Rickenbacker. I could see that played up on a Christian stage or up on a worship stage. You know what? Maybe that's a sleeper. Maybe people don't know that Rickenbacker is above us all. Yes, that's what it is. That's it. All right. So when I think of metal, which was the last one that we went to, you are pretty spot on. I think of like Jackson. I think of Charvel. I think of all of those like pointier style guitars now there was a lot of people who used les pauls and sgs and all of that kind of stuff to do those things and man you can do it yep but i also think of the thinner the neck the better it is the thinner the body the better it is and and all that kind of actually i think of the thicker the body the better it is because i know that metal can get pretty physical and aggressive. <laughs> yeah. So you're worried about the longevity of the guitar itself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm worried about them just going off on a tangent and starting to throw their guitars at the floor. You know, like they <laughs> see in this in the shows, just banging against the ground. <laughs> you, okay. All right. No, that's fair. That's fair. All right. So we've only got a couple more questions left. A couple more things to kind of go through. If you had to pick a style of guitar to buy right now to inspire and motivate you to play more, what would you get? That is so easy. I would totally do a PRS 
something like a custom 22 definitely with all of the hookups the abalone inlay bindings that would actually be pretty cool i saw that on the prs page one time and that just popped out so much to me and then i know you've been looking at these blue jean oh yeah that faded blue jean top yeah So So, beautiful. So you would want to have not a solid color, but you'd want it to be like quilted or flame top. That'd be so cool. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about the tone? Do you think the tone is better because of all these appointments? I think that it has a part of it. The wood is actually probably what messes with it the most. That's what makes the sound the sound because that's the mass and the vibrations go through the wood, especially with acoustic guitars. Yeah, definitely with acoustic guitars. Well, what about the bridge? Do you think the bridge does anything? The bridge definitely does stuff because that holds the strings in place and it just, it affects how much the strings vibrate and what kind of sound the strings make. Paul Smith actually talks about it being the sustain, the part that that gives it its its life is the bridge as well as the nut, as well as the tuners, believe it or not. He says that anything that touches the string is God. Like, that's literally <laughs> the way he puts it. And the idea is that it is what allows for that string to move. So anything that's subtractive from that subtracts from the tone. So if you decide to use a rubber bridge and a rubber nut and a rubber kind of tuning peg, then you are going to have a guitar that sustains for like seven seconds. But if you use the best metals and you use the best parts, then that thing could ring for a minute, minute and a half. Really, it's all dependent upon what is the material made of. And it's funny that you mentioned Paul Smith with that, because I know that his guitars, when I think of high quality all-around amazing guitars, I think of PRS. As you should. So, for you then, what's greater, Paul Reed Smith or Gibson? I think that probably Paul Reed Smith, even though that Gibson has a lot of backstory to me, and I know that their story is really, really historic. Yes, of course. The Paul Reed Smiths just seem more high quality and, like, they look like they're handmade. And aren't they handmade? To some extent. I mean, they all put their hands on it. There is a lot of CNC now. But, yeah. yeah. All right. Then which is better, then? Gibson or Fender? Oof. That's a tough one. Because I know that Fender is known especially for their Stratocaster, their comfort and their just chillness of playing. Like, if I were to pick up a guitar and just play it, I would pick up Stratocaster every single time. But I think that I would have to go with Gibson because they they have a good story, they have good quality, and they have a lot of variety. Now, Fender has a pretty big story as well, because they were around the same time. Yeah, because they have the whole CBS buyout, and that changed so much of Fender. And actually, Papa has the uh, Showman, 
Yep. And was that pre-CBS? That is pre-CBS. It was a late 63, early 64. Yeah, I know that changes the value tremendously. Yeah, it's crazy because the circuit is essentially the same, but just because on that front plate it says Fender Electric Instruments instead of Fender Musical Instruments, those three words... Change the value by thousands. <laughs> yeah, well, I wouldn't say thousands, but it does. It changes it a lot. Changes it by a lot. Yeah, eventually it will be. Changes it by the, the amount of my first car. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have a car yet. Nope, but it will be. <laughs> you know, it's interesting hearing all of that. I mean, we could probably go through a bunch of them, but those are the big three. You know, we could also go and, well, which one do you like better? Gretsch or Taylor or Martin or all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but, but really... Gretsch is bought by Fender, and then Martin True. and Taylor, that's that's a whole nother category with acoustics. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I don't know that I'm a good person to talk on that, in which case you're probably not a good person to talk about. Because nope. as many people have noticed, the amount of bias that you have because of me has... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much there. Yeah. Now, what do you play right now? Right now... I switch off between a Epiphone Starter Electric Les Paul with a flat top and one of the worst sunbursts I have ever seen. (laughs) It's a pretty deep tobacco, that's for sure. (laughs) And then the other one that I use was actually gifted from Jason to me, and it's like... An off-brand Gibson Jr. Les Paul. And it's called Vintage. Honestly, it's really nice. And it's been treating me well for these past couple months. Yeah, which one do you prefer? The Epiphone or this Vintage? Probably the Vintage. Because it just, it plays better. The neck feels more comfortable. And aesthetically, which aesthetics mean a lot to me, it just looks better. Because yeah. it has the Gibson vibe to it, and Les Paul Jr. is just, especially the double cuts, really appeal to me. Yeah. Well, I think that should probably bring us a little bit to a close, because after all, you have to go to bed. Um, <laughs> so, let's just go ahead and ask this last question, which is, how was your first podcast? Man, it was great. Now I know why you do this stuff. This is fun. Yeah. It's just a normal conversation between two people talking about something they're interested in. Gosh, we just talked for 30 minutes. How did we talk for 30 minutes? That I know. seems like 10. Yeah. It, it goes pretty quick. That's crazy. Well, thanks for being on here. I think what we gather is that you're essentially a cork sniffer, much like many other people out there. You are a 13-year-old cork sniffer who knows what they want, but not necessarily because they know it's going to sound better, but because they know it's going to inspire them. And I am all in for you. We will not be buying you a Paul Reed Smith with all the appointments you had, but at the same time, I think that that is a wonderful goal to have, and you're welcome to change your mind as you go. Yep. I mean... 13-year-olds probably shouldn't have a $20,000 guitar, but... (laughs) Probably. Don't tell Justin Bieber. (laughs) (laughs) He's another story. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Well, maybe, you know what? If you go big, 
I'll get a $20,000 guitar. There you go. Done. 19 years old. Paul Reed Smith. Making deals with the big shows. Yeah. (laughs) If you are looking for a way to help support the Tweed Couch and it costs no money to you, then check out our YouTube channel and become a subscriber. Also, you can tell someone about the podcast and share an episode with them. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Well, as we bring the session to a close, it is worth it to mention our sponsor, LifeFest. We have two festivals this summer. One is in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. The other is in Banagua, Tennessee. I will be there. Owen will actually be there. We're going to have a great time. Hope to see you there. It is a Christian music festival. It is family friendly. It is really designed for all people. So please come out and be a part of the community. Well, that concludes our time of the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session. If you like what you heard, leave five stars in a review. Also, don't forget to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Tweed Couch. Until next time. 